Hi, I'm Will Mallard and welcome to My Property World podcast. I'm joined again by Adam Ludlam. Adam is my business partner and uh, an experienced property investor and a chartered accountant by, by original training. Uh, Adam, you're very welcome again. Hi, Will. Thanks for having me back. Uh, hopefully, uh, it went okay last time for you. So, um, yeah, thanks for having us. And, um, yeah, looking forward to see what we're going to talk about today. Yeah, so we're hoping to cover off a, a couple of deals that we're, uh, we've been working on. And um, we'll go into a bit of detail and, and get into the nitty gritty. Because I think the, the listeners uh, are going to be interested in uh, h- how uh, we're going about it and also how we're thinking about the, the different models that we're approaching. They're quite different deals, even though um, they're multi-property deals and uh, they're effectively a couple of small portfolios. So the first one is a, um, up in the northwest of the country. Uh, of England, and uh, how, uh, how how did we come across this originally, Adam? Fill okay. in the list. So, um, yeah, the, the particular deal that you're talking about was, was a, a a property that originally I, I was um, trying to source. I was trying to um, to to sell it to an investor database. And um, I negotiated exclusivity with the with the vendor, uh, and basically offered it to, to my database. And as you know, um, you know, I, I, I we, we we got found out between us, and um, and then that's where you became involved. Um, but I wanted you to we that, but why wouldn't we uh, buy it ourselves? Yeah, um, you know, I, I obviously before I source any property, I always look at you know would I buy this myself? And one of the challenges that originally that I had with that, this particular property was although it had the you know the twenty percent yields, gross yields, it, it was um, it wasn't really in my prime area. It was in the northwest of the country where I didn't have a support network, uh, and. Um, Rather than create a new network uh, and take all of that risk on upon myself, uh, I thought I'd source it. However, you know, w- when we spoke, um, you know, you, you convinced me that maybe that I had the wrong approach. Right, and, and it was a, a much bigger uh, individual deals than you'd done previously because your your core business is uh, up and uh, over the course of your twenty plus career. 20 plus years investing uh, in UK property, you've mainly concentrated on uh, two and three bedroom terraced houses, individual purchases, primarily letting to um, benefit tenants and, and families. Yeah, I, I think that that's pretty fair. I mean, this particular investment that we're looking at, it was a, a block of 32 flats. Um, on a, on a state of maybe a hundred flats. Um, now these were low value flats, uh, you know, circa 20,000 uh, um, flat, but with the opportunity currently of, of doing sort of- so, so just so we're clear, each of the flats was 20,000? Give or take, yeah. Um, uh, 20,000 a flat. Um, Generating yields of in circa twenty percent, 
Yep. And um, on their current basis of what they were used for. Now, as you know, that we'd the intention was always to um, to find a, a social housing contract where we had the opportunity of um, maximising the rental income and also minimising some of the risks around voids, property maintenance, um, by, by using that particular form of partner to work with us. Okay, and there was another hurdle um, that we identified fairly early on in the process that there was um, some refurbishment works to do. Now, uh, doing refurbishment works um, when you're talking about a single terrace property is quite different than if you're talking about um, multiple blocks of, um, of, of flats that are four stories high um, you know, in blocks of eight. And, and scaffolding and health and safety uh, which is obviously important in a smaller property as well, but there's there's more going on, and neither of us had done uh, larger scale project work, um, despite having uh, connections into um, building companies and um, and consultants. Um, so w one of the w what uh, we decided to do was to involve um, other, other partners who uh, contributed heavily into the financing of the purchase and also were bringing um, a additional skill set in the management of refurbishments. Um, do you want to talk a little bit about uh, how that's worked from your point of view? Yeah, I think, you know, when people start looking at property investments, when you're buying a, a two-bedroom semi-detached house, it, it, it really is a property investment. Yeah? You, you buy a property, you, you know, do minor refurb, you get a local contractor to come around, you give it to an estate agent to manage. What we got involved in was effectively buying a business. And there's different facets to this business and there's we've all got different skill sets that support the business so you know i had the financial background that, that could help with the financial side of things and, and modeling and see what the numbers would look like i also had the experience of um you know managing you know low value properties and benefit tenants as you know will you've got various experience of bringing different people together uh, and um, one of the things that really helped us was was one of our business partners um who had a building background, who got involved. And, you know, it, 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 it's not so much a property investment. It really is a business that we're operating now. And I think that's quite important for anybody who's, who's thinking about getting into some of these bigger projects that you need to be aware of things like health and safety. You need to be aware of finance. You need to be aware of all the other bits and pieces that impact upon you. And contract management, like the, even the, uh, the getting tenders together, uh, like that, that in itself was, uh, well, well, not uh, rocket science. Um, there was an enormous amount of work that was uh, went into uh, getting um, scope of works and tender documents, and then getting clarification on uh, like what the uh, the various contractors were meaning when they came back with their, their prices because uh, it wasn't really comparing apples with apples. 
Yeah, I think that's. Fair. I mean, one of the biggest learnings I had was there's a there's a different language that's used. You know, um, so some of the terminology was was new to me. I'm not saying we, without this person we couldn't have done this particular project. You know, it just makes things so much more straightforward uh, to have someone on the inside working with us who understands how it works on the outside. Absolutely, and I think one of the things that um, like we've spoken about. Um, off the podcast a number of times is it can be quite a lonely uh, place being a property investor, uh, being in business for yourself. Uh, so even though you've got uh, you've got things going on and properties and agents and um, and various people that you're in contact with, being in business together with someone makes quite a difference in, from that loneliness factor. Yeah, I mean. Bearing in mind, you know, I'm quite dedicated to what I do, and I probably spend a good 60 hours a week, you know, doing property kind of things. Doing that all on your own, you know, it is lonely, but you also need to have some fun as well, especially in today's climate, you know, where everyone's locked indoors as well. That you know, you need uh, some 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 light humour as well. And I think we, although we, you know, we, we, I'm saying it on the you know on the, on the podcast now, I do think we have some fun as we go along, Will. You know, but um, you know. Uh, well, it's, it's quite easy uh, because you're you're a lifelong Chelsea fan, and uh, that's easy to have fun about. Well, <laughs> yeah. well, you you, you you can mock the the, the the football, but you know it's not that long ago that I just talk about the rugby, you know, and um, you know I can I can get my own back for another three years. Yeah, so the last time, just to uh, fill the uneducated people in, um, uh, England won the last game that they played against the All Blacks in the World Cup semi-final. And uh, well done, England. Um, but Chelsea, you're, uh, how many years since you've, you've won the Premier League? Uh, 2016, I think we were all 17. 16, 17 seasons was the last time we won. Okay, and your favourite manager of all time? Well, uh, I, I'll have to say it was Jose because he, he's won it three times for us. But um, unfortunately, he's now manager of Tottenham Hotspur, and it doesn't go down very well. Okay, and so, so talk us through um, what so a twenty percent gross yield. Um, that's that's a very high rent relative to purchase price. Creates that. So we've obviously brought very well as, as probably lesson number one. And lesson number two in terms of uh, seeking a even better return and making it more secure has been uh, focusing on creating a higher ongoing cash flow through social housing. Do you want to uh, just explain that, um, you know, in a little bit of depth and, and um, I, I think, you know, from your experience viewpoint, you're, you've brought an excess of 40 properties uh, on your own account, um, and you're uh, we're heading up to sort of in the region of 50 odd um, between these couple of deals that we're talking about today. Yeah, I suppose one of the fascinations that some landlords or investors have it is with the gross yield of a property. And to be fair, I jumped on the bandwagon by saying 20%, yeah, you know. Um, 
but more importantly is what's the net yield you know what, what what's the the net cash it generates before the cost of financing you know so after you know all the things that they don't tell you about on the training courses about voids about bad debts about maintenance about you know ground um, rent and service charges those sorts of costs and um, one of the things that um, that you find in any property investment or or typically is the the yield should represent the, the level of risk um that that you that you take on with that particular property now that's like most things in, in life you know you know if you invest in the stock market you can go for a high yielding share which potentially has a high risk profile now what this particular opportunity in the northwest enables us to do by inviting um a third party provider it enables a to increase the yield so um it, we can get above market rents whilst at the same time we're minimizing the risks because we're taking away the risks of um bad debts and voids they're going to take on the maintenance costs so in essence we, we we're ticking more than one box with, with this particular opportunity which makes it quite unique Okay, and um, you're, you're obviously um, you've had a wealth of experience. You've you've uh, operated a number of different um, property models, as well as uh, being very familiar with different business models from your experiences as a valuation specialist um, within accountancy or within uh, accounting and finance on your earlier. Career, uh, what, uh, like, why, why does something like this work to um, get involved with? If you're, uh, you've got a little bit of money floating around, um, but you're not sure how to get involved in a bigger deal yourself. Okay, so most people get into property for one of two reasons. Yeah, they're either interested in in parking their money and you know capital appreciation which typically works in the south of the country over time or they're looking to park their money and get some income that's generated from it now in a time of uncertainty yeah um i've always strayed away from the the, the capital um increase model because you don't know what's going to happen but what we do know is going to happen with, with, with the cash flow model is the cash flow is going to continue um, because there's a massive need for social housing. Um, you, you can see the, the, the money the government's currently investing, you know, to supporting, um, you know, needy people um, and is going to continue in the foreseeable future. So the, the, the opportunities we're looking at, well, as you know, it's all about the, the cash that it generates. And that's pretty safe because if you're generating cash, it doesn't matter what happens to the capital value in the short term because you, you only have to worry if you have to sell. And why would you want to sell if you're generating significant you know, cash returns um, with you know, potentially the ability to you know, pay back all, all, all of the, 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 um, the borrowed money and have an infinite return on investment? Um, I mean, it, it, it's a phenomenal opportunity that's driven purely around cash flow, what it can do for you today, and the, the growth ability of that cash flow going forward. 
Um, and, and that's why if we, we used any commercial valuations for this particular opportunity, there's such a disconnect between the, the bricks and mortar value and the commercial value of it based on, um, on income, um, you know, it's, it's, it's huge. Okay, very good. Now, we're going to talk about a, a second deal, which is um, to our most recent purchase. Um, we completed um, in, uh, in between um, the, it was around the, the start of the second lockdown in November. Um, and uh, it was a 16 flat property. Uh, and do you want to run through the, the numbers? Because uh, yeah. it's quite shocking. Uh, people, um, people usually take a double take. So listen in. Okay. Um, so we came across some properties that were at auction in, in, a, in a location that we, we were very familiar with at the time. And um, they were guided at um, circa £100,000 for 16 flats. Not £100,000 each, £100,000 for 16 flats. And you'll be thinking, wow, that's cheap. Yeah, well, that is cheap. However, there was a couple of things going on with it. One was that, that they had a fire in one of the flats and there was fire damage. There were issues around um, some title issues. There was a lack of a legal pack or a proper legal pack. There were there was lots of reasons why you wouldn't want to buy these. But there was a, also a, a building control. Oh yes, notice on the property. Yeah, yeah. Uh, uh, and you couldn't do any viewings. Yeah, the, they wouldn't do any viewings. So um, they came to auction, and we offered um, on the morning of the auction, and our offer was accepted, and we purchased um, sixteen flats for circa one hundred and twenty-five thousand pounds. Yeah, plus a, a few thousand in uh, auctioneer's fees and, and legal costs and what have you. Yeah. So, so doing the math, that's £6,250 each per flat. Now, so when we went to look at the flats for the very first time, we kept our fingers crossed about the condition. And to be honest, the condition wasn't as bad as it could have been. Obviously, for that so, sort of value of flat... So we hadn't been inside the property until the day we got the keys. That's exactly so after, right. we'd, after we'd paid the money over. Yeah. Um, I mean, these flats need obviously need work. Um, some of them were actually rented, paying rent, which was a bit, bit of a nice surprise. Um, yeah, which we, we, we weren't sure about when we brought, which... That's um, right, yeah. Now, um, now, Adam, I might just rewind. Um, just fill the listeners in on how, uh, how did we purchase this? Because you obviously can't get a mortgage um, arranged in the space of the week or so that we had to uh, decide and make an offer. So yeah, we, we've been working with some investors who were kind of with us on the, the previous opportunity that we've just been speaking about, Will, and um, we, we used some of their money to, to, to get involved. And um, you know, we had sufficient money uh, to buy them for cash and um, yeah, so you know the, 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 the potential for for forty eight flats for someone you know to 
that to get involved with, which they did. Yeah, so across uh, two two deals, the so 48 flats, and uh, we, we'll go into a bit more detail about the, how the whole thing works, but just concentrate on the 16. So uh, in the um, approximately uh, seven, eight weeks since we've taken possession, what's happened? So from okay. getting the keys, Okay, so what, what, what we've started to do, we've started to do um, basically got a, a two-phase plan. One is we're, uh, we're currently working with contractors to put together um, a detailed scope of works, which is fully costed for the externals of the buildings, which includes roofs, gutterings, uh, rendering, brickwork, tidy up of the externals, plus full refurbishments inside. Uh, and we're working on that with the numbers at the moment. At the same time, we've had a team in there ripping out um, the current internal property. So they're kind of just shells, back to brick. Okay, so we're, just to um, fill people in, we're, we're looking um, uh, in the region of um, 300 grand in, uh, in total refurbishment works on the 16. No, I that, think that's that a correct? fair estimate, yeah. Yep, uh, so about 425 all in. We're looking at a, um, a bricks and mortar valuation after that's completed uh, in the region of 500, give or take. It depends on the condition of the internal. There's not going to be a, a massive uplift on the bricks and mortar value versus what we've paid. And, but as you know, it's about the, how it generates. Yeah, and we're talking about uh, so for a total expenditure of about four twenty-five, we're looking at about one hundred and fifteen thousand rent. Um, I, I think the, the last time we, we looked at it, I think it was 695 a flat, which was about 133. 695 times 16. Um, 695 times 16. Yeah, yeah it's about 133,000. Okay, and, and obviously take a bit out, out for uh, mortgage, what have you. So just using round figures, if the mortgage was 5%, which is, it's probably a bit less than that, um, and we borrow uh, three hundred thousand, say. Okay. That's fifteen grand, which takes us back to about one hundred and eighteen. You put in uh, some additional compliance costs, uh, and we're looking at a a, a gross, or sorry, a, a net contribution back to the business from those sixteen flats of about one hundred and fifteen before corporation tax. And we're, we've been looking into ways that we uh, may not have to pay um, corporation tax on, on uh, that particular business uh, through use of some different schemes and credits. Do you want to talk briefly about those? Yeah, I mean, one of the, some of the things that we're, first of all, we're looking to use some grants to, to help fund the works. Um, and then, you know, there's potentially the opportunities for some capital allowances that, um, that are potentially available because it's got shared areas in the flats, the stairwells and bits and pieces. Um, so, yeah, look, 
there are obviously nobody wants to pay tax, but we have to pay tax that's due. And you know, and what I would say is that you know, if we're paying tax, it means we're making money, which is a good thing. Sure, sure. Just want to pay less of it. <laughs> right. Okay. So, um, what the um, uh, and we're we're looking ahead uh, into uh, the next year or so. Uh, Quite aggressively, we're probably looking to buy in the region of uh, 75 to 100 units over the next 12 months, uh, in addition to what we're, we're doing. Um, what, uh, what do you see as the big factors uh, looking ahead? Because we, we, something we look at fairly regularly is um, what's the outlook? What, what's, you know, what's happening in the economy? And you, you and I sometimes, uh, and I, I think there's no harm in talking about this uh, on the podcast, we sometimes have different views as to what's, what's coming up. And I think there's a real advantage in, in having uh, different views. Um, your, your view is um, uh, that the, and I'm coming around to your way of thinking increasingly, uh, is that even though there's likely to be substantial unemployment and a downturn, in the wider economy, um, that there's uh, there's still going to be uh, appreciation on average in property prices. W w why is that? Okay, so I think you've got to be careful when you're comparing, you know, prime residential properties in London to the sorts of things that we're looking at. Yeah, um, and because this uh, is not sexy stuff that we're, no, we're talking this about. Isn't here. Fair or Belgravia, this, this is you know, the, the northwest low value flats, as we said, buying for £7,000. Now, because we've got a pandemic on, potentially we might drive a recession, it doesn't change the need that people still have, which is they need somewhere to live. Now, so we are talking some of the cheapest property in the UK. Um, now, because these people don't have jobs, the government have an obligation to help fund you know where these people live so the cash flow that derives from the property is potentially unaffected by the the, the bad news that's happening in the rest of the world with, with with the pandemic so by focusing on cash flow we're not too worried about capital appreciation of properties we're not buying these for capital appreciation that's the icing on the cake that comes in a number of years what what we're trying to create is a business model that is all about profits cash flow you know what's a hundred thousand pounds worth of cash flow worth in your bank well it's worth hundred thousand pounds yeah you know valuing the, the capital appreciation in a property today or tomorrow is a lot more subjective and can change drastically so in my mind, you know, if we keep following the cash flow, we're not going to go far wrong. So, so one of the, the biggest costs in property uh, is typically your mortgage. Uh, yeah. If you've, 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 uh, you've leveraged and you've, you've put a mortgage on a purchase. Um, what, um, one of the things that I've heard you talk about and uh, I very rarely say it to you, but I, I, I'm starting to think that you're, you're right, Adam. We're, because we're in a low interest rate environment, even though um, 
the wider economy might not be doing great and the unemployment's likely to rise over the next year or two. And there's going to be some hard times for a lot of small businesses. What are interest rates typically now compared to historically? Because I, I remember the very first uh, residential mortgage I, I took out in the mid-90s, and I fixed it for five years because it was only 9%. Wow. Okay. Well, in a previous uh, podcast, Will, um, I spoke about the first properties that I was buying back in 96 and 97, and I was getting fixed rate money from the government about 5%, 5 and a bit percent. And um, that was kind of the, the, the level, yeah? Um, and obviously today we're in an ultra low interest rate and that is the, the main driver for house prices at the moment. If, if interest rates went up to 5% tomorrow, there are so many people that couldn't afford to pay their mortgage. Yeah, it's just not going to happen overnight. The government, you know, it's in its interest, you know, um, to keep interest rates as low as possible because at the moment they're issuing government bonds to various people to support the, you know, you know the coronavirus uh, you know, um, you know, support that they're offering and they have to pay back, uh, you know, the interest. So the lower the interest rates are for the foreseeable future, um, the better, you know, from the government's point of view. Yes, they don't control interest rates, but, you know, they can put other policies and stuff in place that make the Bank of England uh, keep them low. Um, you know, because obviously the Bank of England, you know, are tasked at the moment with managing inflation. So if the government can work on things that keeps inflation rate low, then they can keep interest rates low. Uh, and uh, I think that's the big driver for um, for property prices at the moment. Now, as time goes, they're going to have to interest rates will go up over time. But you know, in the next five years, I, I don't see anything major really happening. You know, maybe a percent or so. Sure. Sure. Okay. So um, that that significant bearing for property investment and cash flow, uh, and we're uh, as you've you've uh, alluded to, uh, we're quite focused on the income side as well. Um, we're we're trying to create a, a better product. So uh, I, I like to describe it as we're focused on. Um, not on the upper end of the market, not the middle of the, the market, but we're trying to um, be the top of the bottom section within it. Would that be a fair summary? Yeah, I mean, the, the, typically, the, the lower you are in the market, the higher the yields that you achieve. Now, the higher the, 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 the yields you achieve come with more risks. So what we're trying to do at the same time is access the higher yields, but mitigate the risks as much as possible. So there's, effectively it's creating an arbitrage between your returns and the level of risk that's associated with that product. That's what we're doing differently to most investors in the market today. Right, right. And in terms of um, what's your, uh, what would be the, the two key learnings you've taken out of these deals? Because we. We, we sit down and, and review uh, both successful deals and unsuccessful deals. And uh, what, what would be the two things you've learnt so far uh, that really stand out in these 
these couple of deals? Okay, so the first thing I would say is that working with different people with different skill sets has helped significantly. On my own, I would not have purchased these deals. With other people, there comes support, there comes you know other knowledge and things that seemed I just had no concept of, so I just wouldn't have done it. Now, because we're working with other people that have got a concept of it, it becomes more practical, it becomes more straightforward. So that's one thing I would take away. The next thing about these particular deals, it's, it's all about cash flow. And I can't say it enough. I've spoken predominantly about this. Um, you know, this isn't some pyramid selling scale that we'll talk about that someone in the future is going to be making some profit on. These are doing cash on day one. Yeah, They're generating you know, circa 20% yields. Um, with the opportunity to significantly increase those. Um, and you know, if you follow the cash flow, you're not going to go far wrong. You know, cash flow pays the bills. It enables you to stay in the game. Yeah? This isn't, you know, wait for properties to increase in 15 years, keep your fingers crossed, and if the wind blows in the right direction, you're going to get rich. Yeah, and I think there's, a, um, there's another interesting point from my perspective is, uh, it's a it, it's around the business model, and this has been created partly by um, the other investors who have got involved uh, and contributed money. Um, the and the other people on 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 our team, um, and we've got a, a couple of really smart people, but they come from uh, very different backgrounds to us, and uh, I think they'd probably say a similar thing uh, where we're much stronger together and where this is really interesting is there's a uh, there's a mixed model where we're buying uh, or, or bought 32 flats which are cash flowing we're able to get a mortgage on those um, and that keeps um, it, it, it buys a bit of time. Um, it creates income. And we've brought another 16 for cash. And there's an opportunity to refurbish those, but they're not linked into the mortgage because as most listeners will know, you can't get a residential or even a buy-to-let mortgage on a property uh, that's not in a habitable condition, i.e. that it needs refurbishment. Uh, and mixing those two uh, has been uh, it's something a bit different. I, I'm not saying no one's uh, ever done this before, but it, it, it's really made sense. Uh, and I, I, think, I think it's a couple of great deals, but as a, um, as a mini portfolio, um, you know, 48 properties, 70 plus rooms, um, it's been really interesting and uh, I've really enjoyed uh, how we've gone about it. Um, there's a lot more work involved in this and I think a lot of the uh, property courses and good news stories that you, you see on uh, social media putting out, like the uh, amount of effort and time and expertise and learning, um, the, it's substantial. But Adam, I'd like to thank you uh, for coming on My Property World. 
uh, podcast. I'm Will Mallard, and uh, thanks again, Adam. Welcome to My Property World, a light and informative look at all things property. We have designed this series for people involved in property and property finance in the UK market. However, we do take examples from all around the property world. Our aim is for us to make money from property together. Whether that be buying, selling, financing, trading or getting involved in a deal in another way. We do this by informing, entertaining and enjoying ourselves talking property, which gives you a chance to get to know us, what we're up to and to check us out until you're ready to make money together. In the meantime, My Property World is free and fun, so plug in your headphones and enjoy. We would love for you to like, share and comment, so please do on social media. And if you have questions, ideas for topics or deals you would like to explore, we're always looking for guests, so get in touch via the My Property World profile.